This is Academically Speaking, a podcast hosted by Dr. Theodora Regina Berry, Vice Provost and Dean of UCF's College of Undergraduate Studies. It features inspirational stories from the college's faculty, students, and alumni about the transformational power of education. Hello, everyone. This is Academically Speaking. I'm Dr. Theodora Regina Berry, and my guest today is the one and only Jacob Isaacs. Jacob is a College of Undergraduate Studies student who will graduate this semester with a Bachelor of Science in Environmental Studies, a minor in Urban and Regional Planning, and a Certificate in Geographical Information Systems. He believes every decision affects society and the environment. He is an advocate for better planning and policy to address current and future environmental problems. Jacob has been a student assistant in the College of Undergraduate Studies for several years. Welcome, Jacob. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. We are so pleased to have you on our podcast today. You are among other very notable students who have been on this podcast over the course of the year. And we just want to know a little bit more about you and your life here as a student. Um, you're planning to begin graduate school here at UCF in January. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and you're going to work toward earning a Master of Science in Urban and Regional Planning. Um, so I'm going to ask a little bit about that in a minute. But first, I want to know a little bit about you. Yeah. So as you said earlier, I'm an environmental studies student. I really developed a passion for helping the environment growing up. I'm from Sisters County or Crystal River specifically, and it's a very small um, place. And it's the home of the manatees. So it's very environmentally like conscious so it's a lot of like environmental talk is being talked about all the time with protect the manatees stop the algae growth in the, our rivers and stuff like that and so really growing up there helped foster like an environment for me to help like protect our earth excellent so it kind of seems rational logical that you would be interested in environmental studies as a major so tell us more about why you chose that major and particularly um, putting together that major with a minor in urban and regional planning. Yeah, so I chose the um, environmental studies degree here because it really combined all of my interests, whether it be like sociology-based classes, um, political-based classes, all of that. This major really combines all those classes into one major. And it really helps to provide me a holistic viewpoint of how we can help the earth and the ways that we can see how we got to the situation that we're at already. And I actually discovered the urban and regional planning from taking courses here at UCF because I'm on the communication and planning track. So I took planning classes just like a, oh, what's that? Let me try it out. And it really led to me finding this passion for it. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about your UCF experience as an undergrad. Can you share any memorable experiences from your time here as a student? Yeah, so I um, entered during 2020, so it was very different times. <laughs> um, so really, my first like really true memory I had would probably be 
early 2021, that's when a few of my friends that I met that I'm still close with, that's when they started here. And so I think the first memorable experience I have at UCF is Universal Nights 2021. And that was a really fun time. They had both parks open for us and we were able to walk around and just be around our peers and other people that we know. Like I would see people that like I had a class with but never seen in person just at the park. And so I think just um, opportunities like that help make UCF this such like a large school feel like one community. So in thinking about the folks that you identify with as your peers, um, all of you started the year in a very interesting way and had to find new ways to build relationships. Talk to me about how you were able to do that. Yeah, so I think the opportunities that we were given through UCF to connect with one another. I lived at Towers during that time period and our RA really set up a lot of like socialization activities remotely so we could kind of like get to know each other without being all in one room like next to each other. And so I think opportunities like that helped me to like have branch off friendships. So I was able to become friends with my next door neighbors through that and so on and so forth. And I think opportunities like that really helped me. And then my roommates, um, I met a lot of his high school friends mm-hmm. and a lot of them became also my close friends and we started going to events with each other. And I think it really just created like a bonding experience. Talk to me a little bit about the faculty that you had the opportunity to engage with while you were here. Yeah, so the environmental studies, we get to know our faculty a lot more so than a lot of the other um, majors or programs that are offered at UCF. So I've had a lot of the same professors multiple times over, in particular Dr. Gilbrook. I've had taken his classes plenty of times. I want to say almost once a semester since I've started at UCF. Currently, I'm enrolled in his capstone class. And it's really nice to have somebody that I can talk to one-on-one, whether it be in person, via email, and he actually knows me. Like, I'm able to talk about a conversation I've had with him or ask any questions I have. And so really, our faculty and our professors are really personable because our we really just have more of an experience bonded. That's great. So what advice might you have for our current students? So I would recommend get involved. Like, reach out to your professors, talk to them. Um, And that goes beyond, like, go to the socialization events that UCF offers, go to, like, um, Spirit Splash, get involved with Pegasus Palooza, all that stuff. Be involved, because that's when you're going to truly feel like you're in college. So did you do Spirit Splash? I did one year, and that was enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) I had to fight for my life. Yeah, I it from my office window, and that's perfect spot for me. I was so lucky, two ducks came flying at my head, and I snatched them (laughs) and held them for my life. So when you think about other kinds of campus traditions, uh, tell me more about some of the ones that you've had an opportunity to engage in. Yeah, so Spirit Splash is definitely Mm -hmm. one. I think Universal Nights, because UCF is so diverse in the way that we are in a big city such as Orlando. And so I think those events like um, Universal Nights and stuff like that, we really, we're one of the only colleges in the nation that can do stuff like that. So I think that's one of like the key events that UCF offers besides like Spirit Splash. And I think also anything around the football games, like we've had a lot of different and like very popular people here this past year at the football games. And I think those are like a very key memorable part about UCF as well. So have you been to a game this season? I was actually at the one on Saturday. Oh. Rained, I got rained out though. The game didn't get rained out, but no, I... <laughs> but you were done. I was soggy. My shoes were squishing. <laughs> I had to go home. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's interesting how the environment um, around our entry into the Big 12 has really changed uh, the games and the campus and the entire atmosphere. Uh, would you say that the environment has 
sort of amped up or is it just moved in a different direction? Oh, it's definitely amped up. <laughs> I feel like before you would see a lot of people at like the mm -hmm. games and the tailgates and stuff like that. But now you can really see a presence. Like you see, like we come out in numbers <laughs> now. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. I, I remember going to my very first game uh, with my niece, actually, who was a senior in high school. And uh, we would, and, and I told her when we walked into the stadium, I said, now, they call this the bounce house. And there's a reason why they call it the bounce house. And you will discover this as things get exciting in the stadium. And she kind of looks at me and rolls her eyes in her head like, you act like I've never been to a football game. I'm just like, mm, okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> And sure enough, at one point, there was a touchdown and people start cheering and we are sitting in our seats and we could feel the entire stadium just create this whole wave of movement. And she looked at me, her eyes got really big. And she was like, oh my God, the stadium is moving. I was like, and this is why they call it the bounce house. <laughs> it almost feels like you're on a cruise, like rocking around. <laughs> So the bounce house is still bouncy. It's, it's still bouncy. It's bouncier than ever, I think, now that we have such like positive motivation in our stadium. Excellent. Uh, you'll be getting graduate school in January. <laughs> That's a whole other world. Yes. I can tell you from experience, it is very different from being an undergraduate student. In good ways, however. And you're focused on urban and regional planning. Why did you choose that as a focus area? So after taking a lot of the environmental courses, I've seen a lot of like our issues lie with either in policy or within our existing infrastructure, like not promoting environmental reasons. So I want to try to be like the positive force behind changing that. So whether that be through helping to learn about how to enact policies that will benefit the environment or helping to readjust or um, fix some existing infrastructure to be ways that will actually help the environment rather than just adding a third lane onto an existing road, maybe we can find a way that we can actually help the environment at the same time. So after you earn this master's degree, if you could be in the optimal position to make the most change, what kind of position would you like to be in? Ooh, that's a hard one. I'd probably see myself like in the public um, sector of the mm -hmm. urban regional planning because I feel like they have the most changing like they are working like on like that public roads and stuff mm -hmm. like that and probably in a big city that has a lot of lacking of environmental um, things because we can see a lot of the new cities they're taking into account environmental factors they're leaving green spaces for residents mm -hmm. and trees and stuff like that but a lot of like the existing historic cities we can see that they kind of just ignored the environment it was an afterthought they <laughs> yeah really <laughs> yeah a lot of old cities like such I... as Ooh, that's hard to pick just one. I know, <laughs> not to call Orlando out, we are not an old city, but I feel like we did not do a great job mm -hmm. leaving space for green space. We have mm -hmm. Lake Eola, but like mm -hmm. that's like the only notable mm -hmm. green space that we have. I mean, you look around and it's like, there's a building, there's a building, there's a parking garage, a parking mm -hmm. lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like we didn't leave enough green space for the right. earth to actually like flourish and be surrounded by it. And, but I think some cities, because I've visited a lot of cities up and down the East Coast in particular, but even along the West Coast and in some other spaces south, have started to realize that if they want people to live in the city, they have to create green spaces for them to enjoy. 
even if they put in a high rise building somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and some cities have done a better job with that than others. Others, some cities have engaged in that process simply because the citizens in that particular area have demanded it, while others, probably for more <laughs> capitalistic reasons, have said, you know, we probably should put a green space here if we want people to live here and pay $500,000 yes. for a house, right? Yes. Um, and um, I'm a bit partial to my hometown because we've been really great at green space. Um, Philadelphia has the largest park system in the country. So there's lots of green space, lots of old trees that sometimes um, <laughs> uh, some of our construction friends bemoan the fact that we have lots of old trees in the city. Um, but other places still have some room to grow in relationship to molding together um, livable spaces with green spaces and, and workspaces with green spaces. Um, it, it'd be interesting to see how we evolve in that way. Yeah, right? I think when we're looking at changing things, I think we need to take into example a few like standout cities. Like uh, a lot of New England has mm -hmm. like very good infrastructure for the environment, but also Savannah, Georgia. Mm -hmm. They have those big town squares, those like nice like little park systems. I love Savannah. It's so nice as mm -hmm. like the great blend of like revitalization, but like they kept like historic elements. Mm -hmm. They left room for the environment. They, they have like a really good system down. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is the most significant environmental change that has happened? I think people are actually starting to address and know about the environmental like issues that we're like causing to the earth. A lot of people before, I think, were just wanting to like live in ignorant bliss almost. They just like, oh, I can't see it. That's not happening. But I think people are becoming aware now. And like, I think that's a big issue that we're having um, prior is people didn't know about it. So they couldn't do anything to change it. Yeah, I mean, I remember when uh, former Vice President Al Gore started talking about uh, climate change and global warming, there were a lot of people who thought he was just making it up. This isn't real. You know, it's a hoax. He's just trying to persuade people for his own personal gain. You know, he did the whole docuseries around climate change and, and whatnot. And here we are now you know, 25, 30 years later, and people have started to realize that there is significant change happening and that we need to address it. So if you had your elder wand for, from Harry Potter, <laughs> right, how might you address uh, some of these environmental changes? That's hard to say because we need to see small changes to see what kind of impact they have first. I think a lot of it is we live in excess in America, mm. especially we live in excess. And I think that has a lot of effects both on like the environment as a whole. Mm -hmm. So we need to start getting rid of our excess. Mm -hmm. And I think that would really lead a big change in changing the environmental impacts that we're having. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And part of the excess that we live in has to do with the materials that we use for things like food and beverage, you know, plastic cups and styrofoam containers that we put things in. But by the same token, in some parts of the world, the only way that they would be able to make a living was to have access to these containers, these materials that have harm to the country. So 
How do we address being able to support those communities and rid ourselves of these materials that are causing harm to the earth? I think we need to have alternatives. I think that's like the really the best way. Like maybe instead of plastics, I know that they're doing a lot of like biodegradable, like reusable cups that you can like, or like disposable cups even. Like Starbucks. Those are expensive though, right? They can get pricey. So, you know, if you're in a second class or third class country. Yeah, it's, you don't have access to a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the people who do have access should take advantage of the sustainable options Mm -hmm. and leave the people who don't have access or can't afford stuff like that to have. But is there a way potentially that the people who wouldn't necessarily normally have access to help them to gain access? I think we're seeing some changes. I know I've seen on TikTok recently. Mm. I I get into my little doom scrolls on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) But um, there's a guy who owns a sustainable shop online Mm -hmm. and he sells laundry sheets. So you don't have to buy like the big like... um, Plastic of, bottles. And right. he sells sheets mm-hmm. of it and he's diminished his profit margins on that product to have like one or two products that like stand out to like draw people mm-hmm. in. And I think by p- companies like that are trying to offer alternatives at a cheap cost. I think that's what we need to see more of. Okay. Well, this has been an interesting conversation, but now we're about to shift gears and get into what I like to call the lightning round. And this is an opportunity for the audience to get to know a little bit more about you while at the same time having a little bit of fun. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you some very basic questions, and I want you to just answer me from the top of your head. Okay. Favorite color? Green. (laughs) Of course. My green water bottle. (laughs) (laughs) That was the setup, right? Okay. My prop? (laughs) Yes. Favorite song? Ooh, it's hard to say. Um, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> He's a Swifty. I am. And okay. one of my favorite albums was re-released last month, 1989. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to pick just one. But I'd probably say, hmm, now that we don't talk. Okay. All right. So am I to assume then that your favorite musical artist is Taylor Swift? Yeah, it's a tie between a few people, but I think, right, recently she's been taking number one. She has a very lot of, like, autumnal vibes in a lot of her songs. I feel like, right now especially, number okay. one. all right. Favorite movie? That's hard. Um, I'm going to throw it back to Legally Blonde. I think that's been my, like, my all-time. Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Who is phenomenal, by the way, on the morning show. She is. I've seen a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Favorite book? I've really gotten back into the Hunger Games series now that they're re-releasing the new movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Favorite actor? Ooh, I don't really have one. I don't, I know, it's a controversial opinion. I don't have a favorite actor. Um, I like to just watch movies mm-hmm. and not, like, not actors. Okay. Favorite place to visit? Ooh. I would say just... I'm going to go for the beach, just like not one place in particular. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see all the different places, like the atmospheres of mm-hmm. each beach. Like you can go to Panama City Beach mm-hmm. and have a totally exper- different experience than Anastasia. Mm-hmm. Have you been to West Coast beaches? One, I only went to um, San Francisco for the first mm-hmm. time uh, during last year for spring mm-hmm. break. It was amazing. I love that city. It is a great city. It is. Okay. Um, place to visit on your bucket list. Ooh, I would have to say the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. 
If you could meet anyone, dead or alive, mm. who would it be? Hmm. <laughs> I would probably say probably Barack Obama. Just uh, he was a very inspirational mm. and very like he was a very spearheaded a lot of different movements in the mm-hmm. country that we needed to have done. Okay. And one last question. If you had not majored in environmental studies, what would you have studied? That'd be hard. I probably would have gone more towards either like politics, like public administration, pre-law, something like that instead. All right. That's an excellent way to end. Now, I do have one final question. Okay. And it is a question that I started asking after I started watching uh, a show that was on um, Max, which used to be HBO Max, which used to be HBO, <laughs> you know, all these things, right? Um, that featured uh, Laverne Cox, and it was called If We're Being Honest. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she did on, on her show, it's a one-on-one uh, talk show that she does with up-and-coming artists, Um, And so she would often ask her guest, is there anything that she didn't ask that she should have asked? So I'm going to ask you, is there anything that I didn't ask that I should have asked? I don't think so. You covered a lot of the topics I wanted to bring up. So I think you've covered everything. So I'm thorough. You are very thorough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, excellent. Well, thank you, Jacob Isaacs, for joining me on Academically Speaking. And thanks to our viewers and our listeners For seeing us here on Academically Speaking, I am Theodora Regina Berry, Vice Provost and Dean of the College of Undergraduate Studies here at the University of Central Florida, and have a great day. 